Welcome to Cardboard Philosophy, the board game podcast where we talk about nothing serious, seriously. Each episode, we randomly pick from a list of niche, deep board game topics and have at it. So we invite you to join us at the table, listen in on our conversations, and let us know what you think. Welcome to episode 12, nice even dozen of Cardboard Philosophy. Let's roll some dice and talk about some stuff. We got a 20, which is what makes a game heavy? And this is from Evan. Evan, you wrote this down. What's what do we what do we want to talk about? So the origin of this question is coming from, you know, you see this on Reddit all the time, discussions, uh, board game geek forums, uh, people describing a game as being heavy. We have done that multiple times on this very podcast. Yeah. Uh, So what is Heaviness in a game, is it too many decisions? Is it too many rules? Is it fiddliness of the process? Uh, Is it having too many choices on the board? Is heaviness something that is set in stone? Like this game will always be a four or is, you know, repeated playing going to lighten the load of that game and make it maybe a three and a half at some point? And what for us makes a game too heavy once we kind of figure out what makes a game heavy in the first place? So... I think the only reason we use the word heavy is because of Board Game Geek. So I just opened up On Mars, um, and I'm looking at the weight, which is complexity, according to to Board Game Geek. The weight is the complexity rating, and there's five levels. One is light, two is medium light, three is medium, four is medium heavy, and believe it or not, five is heavy. Huh. Um, So that's how BGG splits up the one to five for weight. So just throwing that out there. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, I don't know if the people who vote use those exact metrics, but I mean, that makes sense to me. One is the lightest game, which is to say the least complex, and five is the heaviest or the most complex. Sure, yeah. So yeah, what do we mean when we say complexity or when something is too complex? That's the question. Well, we've talked about decision space and kind of how many choices you have to make at a time and then trying to think about like the repercussions of those choices um so right out of the gate i'm thinking it's 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 definitely in the same space right it's like how much you have to try to think and plan ahead um to play the game and so there's obviously a little bit of your personality like how much you care how much you want to plan ahead how much you can hold in your brain and think ahead and how much you know about the game and how to plan it and then there's like what the game actually presents and gives to you like there can be a lot of things to do or very few choices but you know uh, things that those choices can lead to or there can just be not a lot to do and choose from yeah, I think most people would split it into like rules complexity and gameplay complexity and some people are very anal for lack of a better word and like which one is complexity but we can just call them rules complexity and gameplay complexity and so i was curious what bgg think so on mars is rated a 4.67 out of 5 on average chonky and i think based on that they're talking about how difficult it is to learn the game Mm. or how many rules it has because go which you know without a doubt is much more difficult to play well than on mars is a 3.93 so you know it's still close to heavy but we're talking almost a full point of difference between the two. To play Go well, arguably, is also kind of dependent on your opponent, which I guess is kind of true of a lot of games. Yeah. But like, to play it well enough to win, 
if you are at an opponent who's also just a newbie, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you don't like one of yeah. you is going to win. <laughs> um, so, but like to really play it well and to go up against like a seasoned, you know, yeah. veteran opponent and to be able to hold your own, like is definitely, there's a lot to, to know and to learn and to think about. So if we're going to use that as the baseline, then that seems that it's using rules complexity as the way to weight it. But I do feel like what Steve is saying is interesting because you can also look at a game like, um, we're going to get a ding in there nice and early, Yellow and Yangtze, which ding. I would argue the more you've played, the better you're going to be at it. There is still some RNG in there with the tile yeah. draw, but you are going to kind of understand the repercussions and the ramifications a little bit more. But I wouldn't really classify that as being a heavy game, maybe a medium game, because there is a very rich tapestry of decisions, but the rules load is not that heavy. Maybe we do these one at a time. So first we discuss all the components that can lead to rules complexity, and then we discuss all the components that can lead to gameplay complexity so that we are like more structured instead of talking about them both in tandem and mm. potentially in circles. Sure. That's my proposition. Seems smart. So the easiest thing for rules complexity is just like number of rules. I'll take the easy answer that you know ceteris paribus all other things equal more rules makes the game more complex right yeah what else is there beyond you know like how complex is a given rule like one bullet point rule you know is it on your turn you play a card or is it i don't know <laughs> the the red track is equal to some other you know something something that is some math calculation and i don't know and I think that's where the conversation around too heavy to me gets a little bit interesting because I like a game that has some pretty meaty rules to it. Like going back to the On Mars example, that to me seems like a really, really juicy game because of the thematic connections there. So there's a lot that I can kind of lean on the thematics to kind of fill in some of those holes in my memory of what the rules are. But then you get some games that aren't quite as. I guess streamlined is the best word or is elegant in the way that it's executing those. Um, and it winds up feeling kind of fiddly because it's why am I moving this blue cube up this yellow track when I just bought a tiger? There's something about the way the rules are connected. Like yeah. How many rules are there and then how well are they linked together maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I would sum that up as like the intuitiveness of the rules. Like how easy are they to remember? Why, like do they make sense? Mm -hmm. Like in um, Orongo... Dang. When you bid zero, you take the pot. And so like when you bid no currency, you get more currency. And that makes sense. It's like you're forfeiting the opportunity to make a bid to get more. Like I'm not going to mm -hmm. forget that. It's like an obvious trade-off to me. Yeah. And that's not even a thematic thing. Thematically, I have no idea why that makes sense. But like mechanically, I understand what the designer is doing and, and why that is a fun choice to make. Mm -hmm. You can get the intuition not just from theme. Like, oh, when I build a mine, I get minerals. Duh. There's that, which is like the thematic connection, but also just doesn't make sense in the game. I've certainly encountered rules that I'm like, why is it like this? I'm sure people listening have also encountered such rules where they feel like arbitrary or they don't make sense and they're hard to remember. And it's that one thing you always have to look in the rule book for because you don't quite remember how it's executed every time. Since we're on the Vital Asserta train with like on Mars, I think a good example of those sorts of rules is Lisboa, which is a game that I really like. I think it's pretty cool. But there is so many things you do in that game where it's like, why is this happening? Lisboa is a good example of the subjectivity of this. There are some people who love that game and they know the history 
And so to them, the game is incredibly thematic and everything makes sense. Mm. Does the graphic design directly affect the weight of the game? Like if you have a game with bad graphic design, is that going to artificially inflate the weight? Totally. Yeah. I would say there's like true weight, which is almost like the weight without any graphic design or like, you know, like abstract, there's no physical presence, like trying to keep it all in your head. Mm. And then graphic design is like UI. Its purpose is to like lower the barrier to entry and make it more intuitive, make it easier to remember, to understand. Is it worth at all adding to the conversation like your level of excitement? Like if you're just stoked on a game and you just got it on Kickstarter and you spent X bucks on it or whatever, like you're kind of ready to learn those rules versus if you show up or something or if somebody's just teaching you at a party or I, I don't know, like if you're not really into it and maybe that's not really, that's, that's just a subjective personal thing. That's like a whole other layer. Um, I'm trying to think of like all the factors of like rules of what makes a game complex and like, feel hard on your brain i don't know i i definitely get where you're coming from because there's been those moments where i've like torn open the cellophane and like grabbed a rule book and started reading like oh this is gonna be so much fun and then i kind of hit a wall where it's like ooh, but i don't know Mm -hmm. if that's so much because of the rules as it is because of how the rules are laid out which can definitely add to the perception of weight because yeah. to what Robert was just saying mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. graphic design, a bad rule book can actually be like a millstone around your neck when you're trying to learn those rules. Yeah, I think what you were talking about, Steve, is something like confidence, which just applies to learning anything. Like if you're more confident that you can learn it, then it's going to be easier to learn it. So mm-hmm. like if you got the rules uh, and like you're reading them because you're excited about the game. You're like, I'm going to do this. That's your attitude. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to, you know, maybe your friend who you've dragged along and they're like, I don't know. And <laughs> it, they're already like set it's setting themselves up for failure. Yeah. So then if there's a game that Steve really likes that he would describe as being a medium weight game, like a three, and I would describe it as being a medium heavy game at a four. How does that correspond to the rules thing? Is that because Steve has a better grasp of the rules than I do? Or is that something where, you know, his brain is just more wired for that type of complexity? Part of like the confidence thing is also like familiarity. And we've maybe talked about this before, but like if you know what work or placement means, you know, you just there's kind of like a couple little steps to that. If you've played a game like that, then learning that rule is pretty easy. You're like, oh, yeah, like every, you know, you just kind of already know half of you don't even have to tell me the rest. Versus somebody who's never played anything like that. So that's the 0.4% that have voted that on Mars is medium light. <laughs> no, they haven't. Oh my goodness. Six people have said it's medium light and 16 have said it's light. It's almost like an Overton window, like in politics, where it's like depending on the country you're in or like who you talk to and stuff, like what you consider as left and right is very different. Mm. How often you engage with heavy games that just like shifts your window. Light is like Vinos. And heavy is like Space Empires 4X or, or I don't know, something, you know, something really heavy. But for somebody yeah. who's like new in the hobby, they're like heavy could be Vinos. Vinos could be like maximum. That would be a five for them. Yeah. I kind of made a comment about like, oh, BGG, like a five is that's technically heavy. Whereas in my mind, it's like, well, you got to draw the line a little before that. But like, no, really, it's kind of like the games that I think of a heavy, quote unquote, are like the ones that are the furthest on that spectrum that I can think of. You know, like they're the heaviest, crunchiest, you know, like most complicated games that I know. And so to me, that's what I call heavy. <laughs> um, I've also sort of sussed out what other people call. So I kind of have a general sense of like what that means in the community, but it kind of makes sense that that's like your extreme end. 
and because not everybody has played the exact right. same pool of games everybody's extreme end is somewhere else so you, you have to like know who the person is and what they've played before getting any meaning out of them yeah. calling something heavy or, or midweight because if you've only ever played Vitala Serta games, you're <laughs> going to be more skewed toward those being like medium or light games because that's right. all you've ever known. Yeah. And then Uno is just like not even a game, basically, if you're that far <laughs> skewed. <laughs> so I think that takes care of rules, right? We, we talked about yeah. quantity and quality of rules. I think that's, you know, it's like the, the basic answer to everything in life. Quantity and quality matter. But so what about like gameplay in game what makes the game heavy to play regardless of how heavy its rules might be i think there's a pretty high correlation between heavy rules and heavy gameplay but it's not you know one-to-one first thing that comes to mind is time like how long am i doing this for right i don't know maybe this is a weird contrived example but if you just had like one turn and it was like the most complicated thing and it was like this whole elaborate puzzle that you had to like but you just made one move you know like you could sit there and think about it for 10 minutes but that's only 10 minutes versus you know like a four hour game that just to me at a certain point anything feels kind of like intense after three hours you know like sitting in a car driving you know starts to feel like a drain on your brain you know after a certain point so i don't know huh i get where you're coming from but i would argue i would rather play a slightly heavier game that's longer if the heaviness is making it more rewarding to me than a light game that's that length. Okay. Like, um, we've mentioned this before, but uh, Twilight Imperium 4th Edition can take six hours on a short game and like 10 or 12 hours on a long game. And it's got a lot of rules. Yeah. It has a lot of rules. It's got a lot of decision space to it. There's a lot of negotiation. What's the value? Is going to shift around a lot. There's a lot to consider. But I find that really rewarding, even though it's super, super long. Whereas if we were to play something like High Society, which I really like and I think is an excellent game for 12 hours, (laughs) I would probably want to do horrible things to myself. That's my point. At a certain certain point, anything starts to be annoying. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about like gameplay time as having anything to do with like is something inherently more complex i just think it happens that more complex games tend to take longer but i don't think it means that if a game takes longer that makes it more complex yeah if you know what i mean yeah yeah it's just like that association that i have with it so yeah but that's a fun like hypothetical could we like contrive as you tried to do like a heavy five minute game is that possible like you sit down and like you learn rules for an hour and then you just play for five minutes. Like it doesn't, it doesn't quite check out. I don't think yeah. anybody would sign up for that. Huh. Uh, they will because it's called Pax Premier Second Edition. <laughs> that game takes ninety minutes, right? <laughs> uh, it, it can go a lot faster if it's like two or three players, because mm-hmm. depending on how the deck gets seated, that is the timer of the game. And all you need to do is be five points ahead to end the game. I've played that game, Evan. All you need to Just do is speed run. <laughs> it's not that easy. Well, no, I, I'm being very, very liberal here with my um, use of this game as a, in this example. But I have heard, I've never seen it, but I've heard <laughs> of games that have lasted 16 minutes because the right dominance checks came out in the right timing. And the board state was such that the experienced player was like, oh, I'm just going to like really quickly manipulate this. Get ahead. Bang. End the game. I'm five points ahead. Game over. 
Actually, I've seen this happen with Rex, which is a reprint of Dune. Dune is also like a, a game that can famously take 20 minutes to three hours because at the end of each round, you do like a check. It's like a binary win or not victory check. And yeah, you could let somebody win in the first round if you're not paying attention or if you know they get really lucky or they really outwit everybody. But when that happened, we, I had a game like that and it took two rounds. So like 30 minutes instead of the two hours we expected, we just played again right after. Yeah. So it's not like we just like packed it up after, you know, 40 minutes of rules and 30 minutes of gameplay. We're like, no, we got to play again. <laughs> Those games aren't designed to end like that, though, because right. of the way that they're designed. They have the potential to end like that. But is it pot like are those games satisfying like that 20 minute game of Rex? Was that a satisfying experience? It was very funny. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because it's not supposed to go like that. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that everything worked and was orchestrated to end that way makes it entertaining. Yeah. But could you get that same level of amusement with the same rule set if every game ended that quickly? Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, let's like actually think about what contributes to complexity of gameplay. Steve mentioned decision space at the beginning, which we talked about number of decisions, the quality of them. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine, your decisions, but like, what else? Is it just decisions? Is that all that complexity means in gameplay? I, I think combos play into it a little bit as well. Um, sequencing of actions, like obviously there's a decision element of that. And if you want to get pedantic, you can just say it's an extrapolation on decisions. I'll use Kanban as an example, because that's a game that very much um, is about building cars and it functions kind of in a weird order where the stuff that you want to do first triggers last and the stuff that you want to do last triggers first. And so some of the fun of that is understanding the rules but also understanding how you personally need to sequence and how other people need to sequence to avoid them getting in your way but so that you can be optimal in your sequencing what about like flexibility i'm sort yeah. of you're, what you're saying is kind of making me think of like if what i do this turn is going to make my next five turns harder you know then this turn yeah. really matters and i have to like try to think ahead you know something like go or chess or whatever it's like every move kind of leads into the next and affects everything it's all kind of one big chain reaction in a way yeah. i mean i guess a lot of games are too but like if you have the flexibility to make a move watch somebody else do something i go oh wait crap uh yeah i gotta try to like reorganize or like try to play over yeah. in this track now or do something else um i, I don't know I, like I just something about if it's not as flexible or if you get like locked in that feels maybe it just feels more harsh it's not heavy yeah like the, the distinction of like strategic and tactical kind of yeah. strategic being like you have to like think long term and my, my move this turn determines how well I can do next turn. Whereas tactical is like this turn I got these seven mm -hmm. options. I pick one next turn I'll have another seven and it like doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just about optimizing this turn. I, I definitely would struggle to think of a heavy tactical game. Yeah. Most heavy games are like heavy because you have to think long term, mm -hmm. especially those euros. It's like all about long term planning and logistics. That's why they're complicated. Right. The only tactical game I can really think of that I would describe as heavy is like a Warhammer or a 40K, um, which is more a tabletop skirmish game. But that's heavy because of rules opacity. Yes. And yeah. that's actually, I think, an interesting spin on the rules discussion is the rules for those games are spread over multiple different indexes, multiple different books. And that, to me, makes those games, which are really fairly light if you think about it it's just a bunch of units you're rolling dice if you get a big number good thing happened low number bad thing happened but because the rules are so obtuse and so kind of spread over everywhere those games feel like four and a half weight rated games 
There goes our Warhammer fan base. <laughs> I play Warhammer. <laughs> I'm thinking about like trying to anticipate the opponent, or like if your opponent is better, mm. that makes it harder to win. But I don't know if it yeah. necessarily makes it harder to play, or it's just like the game is just over quicker, or it's just like it would be harder to win or know how to read them. I'm also kind of thinking about like if you have a little bit of luck in there, does that like almost make it harder to anticipate? Because it's like you can kind of calculate, okay, I think they're going to go for that. They're trying to do something like that. But like, but what if that just totally busts everything and like this whole thing blows up? Like, then what? Mm. I don't know. That's that's kind of, I don't know. I don't know what luck. I don't know if luck matters in this discussion. Like Tic Tac Toe so. has no luck, and I would describe it as a very light game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And most heavy euros have some like input luck for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling to think of ones with a lot of output luck, but the only example I can think of with a heavy game with output luck is something like Wonderland's War. I think it is true that like once you pass a certain weight threshold, then less luck tends to be heavier. But when you're still talking like in the light to mid level games, there are totally light games without luck and light games with luck. But yeah, once we're like at the 3.5 or whatever of BGG, then I think as as the game becomes less lucky, it becomes heavier or people perceive it as heavier because of the whole strategy thing. Like it becomes more tactical if I know that my choice right now could be totally busted by the die roll. So why think too much about it? As opposed to like, if I'm confident that in five turns, I will feel the consequences of my action right now. I need to think more. Yeah. But it might be more of a just correlation rather than, yeah, you know. Why do we like heavy games? Because the way we're talking about it is it's like, you know, they're going to be long. They're going to be something that we're going to have to put a lot of thought into. There's a lot of energy that goes into heavy games. What makes those desirable? what makes any puzzle desirable i think it's kind of just like a like i always use the phrase like gives your brain something to chew on like it's just kind of something like an exercise it's the same reason my dog likes to play fetch you know like it's just a weird release or like a way to exercise like uh use the muscle in a way that's what i think for some people like what gets their brain going is there's different levels of puzzle that you know you require to really kind of get you going and have to think in a way that's fun and engaging do they make us feel smart? Because that, uh, that's something I've wondered before about why I like heavy games. Is it like, is this just stroking an ego that I have and don't really realize is there? It's like, I want to feel smart, so I'm going to play Barrage today. When you go to the gym, you feel pretty buff, right? I, like, I definitely feel smart when I play lighter games. And also, I still get the, like, a light game can still give me the brain crunch. Yeah. A heavy game, it's like, I think the intricacy is what's attractive about it. It's like um, this like very complex machine yeah. and trying to understand it is fun depending on the machine. There's mm-hmm. certainly been heavy games that I've bounced off of. Like I have no interest in trying to understand this machine. Well, like sometimes it just clicks and it's there's just so much going on that it's almost exciting. Like you're, you're not going to know the whole game after one play. Whereas if you played like High Society, you get it. After the teach, you get it. Like there's nothing else like. Mm-hmm. Sure, you'll play and you'll be surprised and it'll it'll be fun, but a heavy game, you could be three games in and be like, oh, you know, like that stuff can still be happening yeah. because it's so intricate and complicated. So I think it's mm-hmm. just the appeal of, of complexity itself. And I think that actually could be one of the things that people like about heavy games too. I, I definitely am in that camp is the discovery of it. You're right. Mm-hmm. Like six, seven games in, you go, whoa, I've played this seven times and I had no idea I could do that to accomplish what I just accomplished. 
And that can feel really good. It's like that exploration yeah. thing where you're going for a walk in the park and you discover a, a little waterfall you didn't know existed. <laughs> and I think that's why, like, again, games like Go, chess, you know, these abstracts kind of have the staying power. It's like, you know, you learn the rules in 10 minutes and you're like, yeah, I get I get it, like on a surface level. <laughs> but like um, there's lots to discover and explore. And again, it comes down to like the meta of what other humans are doing and, you know, what they've figured out. And that becomes fun, you know, keeping up with what other people are doing. And I think there's something about the simulationist aspect too. Often games are mm, mm-hmm. heavy because they're trying to simulate something. Yeah. Um, they're not, they're trying like, it's the opposite of abstract, right? Like a heavy Euro mm-hmm. is almost like trying to abstract as little as it possibly can. And that's why there's so many rules is because you need a, you need a rule for the blue cars, which are sports cars. It's different than the black cars, which are trucks. Cause they, in the real world, they operate differently. Yeah. And I think humans really are obsessed with simulationism. Like when you draw something or render something, it's like, you want it to like as real as possible. And so like being able to capture reality in a non-real thing is just like a human thing. We like doing it. And maybe that adds to like the what makes it satisfying to like master, you know, like if, yeah. you, if you feel like it's a more realistic simulation then in a way being able to master it, you're like, it's almost like I'm actually controlling the Autobahn system or whatever. I yeah. Or I, I'm actually I'm basically an engineer now, guys. You know. Like, <laughs> So we've covered rules complexity. We've covered decision complexity. Is there another level of this that we're missing? Would we consider fiddliness of components to be part of that? Like the upkeep of the game state, does that add weight mm. or is that a completely separate metric? It's rules complexity. It's like the intuitiveness. Mm. Like if, if a rule is simple and elegant and easy to remember, it's not going to feel fiddly. It feels fiddly when... You have mm-hmm. to like look at a seven step like cheat sheet and be like, move this marker here. Okay, then check this track. If this is seven or more, I do this. That's when you feel like it's fiddly. If, if it was intuitive, you would just do it because you know it. Does that fall under the rules complexity is what you're saying? Yeah, to me it does. Okay. But maybe it doesn't. Uh, that's just my gut reaction. I feel like the final question at the top was like, what makes a game too complex? Mm. That's... I think probably going to come down to personal preference, but I think we kind of covered that when we were talking about that sliding scale of where did you come into Mm -hmm. the hobby Mm -hmm. and what have you engaged with while in the hobby? With that being said, though, I do think there is still going to be some games that don't feel too heavy that are on a similar weight rating on BGG. For example, I will play Agricola with my parents. But Agricola is rated, I believe, 0.2 away from Pax Pamir, second edition. Pax Pamir is 3.84. Agricola is 3.64. And to me, there is no way on earth I'm ever going to come home and say, hey, mom and dad, let's play this. (laughs) I almost feel like there needs to be a scale where there's a number to represent the rules complexity and a number to represent the decision space complexity. I think when somebody says something is too complex, it means that they believe there is some complexity for complexity's sake. Like they don't see or they don't understand yeah. why that rule is there, why that extra decision is there. That's like the most common complaint I see of heavy mm-hmm. games where somebody will play a heavy Euro and say, this is just like a show off fest. Like how, how big brain are you? And it's just like random complexity for no reason. But for the people who like that game, they see the reason for that complexity. So it's a very subjective question, and I think for any given person, it'll be whether or not they can understand why it's complex, whether it be because of theme, because of mechanism, whatever. But if you, if you understand why it's complex, it won't feel too complex. 
Yeah, I think there's a bit of that window, like what you've experienced, like you can kind of experience a game that's, you know, a little bit more complex and gives you a reason to want to try to learn those ins and outs and like, ooh, you know, this theme is cool. It's a little, it's a little heavy for me, you know, a little outside of my comfort zone, but there's something cool about it. It seems neat. I'm I'm willing to kind of put in the effort and try to figure this out, play a couple games, you know, um, versus if you're just completely new to board games and somebody just comes at you with on Mars, you know, you're just going to say that is too much. And there's, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just way too much in, in every yeah. direction. It's just too much. That comes down to knowing your audience, right? Like the game that got me into modern hobbyist board gaming was Game of Thrones, the board game. I have no love for that IP at all. Never seen it. Never read the books. Don't care. That game's dope. Or it, I don't think it's aged <laughs> as well as my memories of it have, but like that's a complex game. There's like all this intrigue, there's negotiation, there's like combat results. It's not a light game. But that was my entry point of like, whoa, this is not Monopoly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we talked about this uh, like an episode or two ago. But yeah, for me, that was like I knew I liked board games. I had played like family games and stuff and with people in college. And, you know, I was always one to pull out cards and try to play a game. But like somewhere along the line, I played Power Grid. And I was like, (laughs) oh, this is a whole other thing. You know, like there's a whole like and, and then you start looking up those kinds of games. And it's like, oh, this is there's so much more there you know you got to eventually get that one that pushes you a bit uh one last thing and then we can go to our impromptu segment i have noticed there is a little bit of a trend toward people feeling like they need to get into heavier games the longer they're in the hobby so i was like hey you know oh, we played this, this and this so much i do too <laughs> why do people do that <laughs> uh i can't i can't steve you go <laughs> like it's almost auto gatekeeping um, yes. like it's autobiographical gatekeeping which is so weird to me i don't think any of us really fall into that camp too much um but yeah i don't, I don't know if it's like uh like you said earlier like a like a mm-hmm. brain flexy kind of thing or a, a yeah like a gatekeepy kind of thing or some combo of the two <laughs> yeah not a fan exactly <laughs> i think it's because the people who love those heavy games think of those heavy games as real games and like everything else is like building up to that somehow it's like how can i get you to play you know whatever four plus rated weight rated game but there's just like there's such a variety of tastes in the world that some people will be so fine only playing you know anything two and below and like that's Mm -hmm. their sweet spot i definitely think it's worth exploring like i think if you've never played a heavy game give one a shot like why not it's like a whole world of stuff you've never experienced maybe you like it and if you don't you know you don't like it but yeah like yeah. this this push towards like getting heavier and heavier is so weird to me as is this whole idea of like needing to build up to it if you've never played yeah. any complex board games and you really want to try on mars i think you could do it it would be harder than for me but you don't need to like build up to it and play like seven other worker placement games it makes it feel like work or like school you know it's yeah. just, like play what you think looks cool end of story that's true. I've had people that like they don't really play a lot of games or know much, but they've seen Root somewhere and they ask about it. I'm like, yeah, it's let's do it. You know, it's like it's. I mean, it's complicated in yeah. a way, but like it's. Yeah. You know, we can do it. We'll get there. And you, you're excited. So like the fact that you even know about mm-hmm. it and want us, you've seen the art. You're stoked. You want to play it. That's already half the battle. We're you know like let's go. Um, yeah, I also think it's like if you feel like you can only play games of a certain weight then anybody who doesn't play those games, like you're just never going to play with. And that's sad. Like there's a lot of people in my life that don't like heavier games, but they'll play the lighter stuff. And so, yeah, those are awesome 
for when I want to hang out with those people. Like, even if you like a certain style, like, I don't like solitaire games. I prefer interactive ones. There's light interactive games that have interactive games, you know, like, yeah. unless, unless somehow your tastes are so specific <laughs> that only heavy games service them, you can find stuff you like across the spectrum, for sure. Speaking of, what do we like on the heavy end of the spectrum? Yeah. I'll start. Um, it's Barrage for me. Um, nice. It's probably, like, one of the only ones, like, I don't really go that hard. Like, I don't have that many games above a four on BGG that I'm, like, mm. really, really, really in love with. Arguably, it's a very short list. There's something about it that the first time I played it, I was just, like, it reminded me of that first time I played Power Grid. And it was, like, I had, like, it was such a fun mix of, like, my brain was melted and I had no idea what happened, but I knew like just enough of what happened. Like there's something so simple about the high level, like mm-hmm. water goes down the map, you yeah. all make dams and then you generate power to win the game. You know, like that's kind of it. And so it's like the fact that I was like, I get generally what happened, but there were so many details in there that I like, you know, kind of just glossed over through that time. But like, I just wanted to play it again immediately. Um, so yeah, and and I still I've played it a bunch on BGA Board Game Arena, and yeah, um, I think I have plans to play like in a week or two with some people. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, love it. Great one. I was torn between Trismegistus on Mars and Imperial Steam. Mm. So consider the two I don't say my runners up, um, but I'm gonna go with Imperial Steam. I think it looks like a train game, and I mean it kind of is but not really it is a game with literally zero luck uh, at any point in any of the game even during the setup there's there's not really there's like a tiny bit of luck in the setup but there's there's practically no luck it's a game that even has like a prescribed like first two turns like there's like a very obvious thing you should do in one of your first two turns for some people that's a negative for me that means it like naturally builds from nothing into some complex system of things immediately and so it's a game about laying rail in austria and you guys are all train companies and you're delivering, you know, the basic boring, you know, industrial goods to different towns um, and <laughs> putting factories out to do that. The thing about it that makes me love it is how much of a roller coaster ride it is emotionally. 90% of the time you're playing, you hate the game and you hate yourself because you're like just poor and you have no <laughs> money and it's so difficult to do anything. And then you make like this huge sale. And you get like an influx of cash and it feels so ridiculously good. (laughs) And you're like, uh, and you feel like on top of the world when you do that, because it feels like you've overcome like such a a barrier or an obstacle. And then two minutes later, you're out of money again and you're just back, back in the (laughs) hole. And so it's just this constant like cyclical thing of like, oh, yes, oh, yes. Just constantly like going through that and figuring out the, the puzzle each game never got old for me. And I played it, I think, six or seven times. It's been a while. I should play it again. But it just never got old, even though there was no randomness. So just like that in itself was a feat for me. And I think it only never got old precisely because of how intricate it was. A simpler game without any luck and also not that much play interaction could get old fast. But this one was just so like intricate that I could keep picking at it over like forever, essentially. 
I'm going to do something very similar to what Robert just did. I've talked enough about Age of Steam on this podcast for probably everyone's taste. So I'm not going to put that one there because I also don't really feel like it's as heavy as BGG does. I also don't think Kanban is as heavy as BGG thinks it is. Um, They have it at a 4.3. I don't feel it's that bad because of the thematic integration. I think it's a lot easier to kind of understand. The mechanics, I think, play off of each other really, really smartly, so it's kind of easy to pick up. Scoring's a little bit weird, so I can kind of see that. This will be controversial on this podcast, uh, because neither one of you like this game. I think mine is Spirit Island. You're right, it's controversial. (laughs) Yes, I like it because it can be as mind-numbing as you want it to be. The base is already a little bit brain-burning. What I like about it is the way that it handles co-op I don't generally like solitaire games and I think it's borderline solitaire at moments, but I think that's kind of what I like about it is I don't necessarily enjoy working with other people in that kind of environment. (laughs) I would rather be competitive, but because I am able to work on my own for a little bit, get my own sort of thing going and then see how my thing is going to work with everybody else's thing really scratches a part of my brain that I enjoy, especially since my thing can only get working so well in certain areas because I'm just like flat out not going to be designed to handle other areas. Usually a game that has like random draws from a deck is going to feel very dependent on what you're drawing from the deck. That's why I don't like a lot of tableau builders. But yet every time you pull from that deck, there's always something that will be good in some way. And I like that about it is you can actually feel what I think most people feel from a tableau builder in that game yeah. without the frustrations that I have with most tableau builders. It's a game to me that only gets better the more complex you make it. I did not like it very much with low complexity spirits. I did not like it very much without the events deck. As soon as I started adding in those extra rules, though, it really started to sing for me. And it's probably the only co-op game I ever intend to own. Wow. All right. Well, there's some favorites, favorite heavies. Do we like the term heavy? Do we think that that makes sense? I feel like we had a moment of, you know, is, is that the best way to describe it it's, it's good enough i mean people know good i don't know about. what else you'd use yeah yeah fair i think that's everything for this episode so you can always find us at all your favorite podcast apps or most of them anyway and you can drop us a line at cardboard pod at gmail.com and check us out in two weeks to see what we come up with for a baker's board game dozen see you later Wouldn't that just be glass road? I don't know. (laughs) That's glass blowing, but that's all I can think of. (laughs) There are definitely baking board games. Play some games. I will have cut that. I just want you to know. As soon as I hear us rambling, just cut. It's a (laughs) cut.